Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. This is Dave. This is Duncan. This is Joanna. This is Will. Yanni. Caitlin. So what's everyone been playing this week? Uh, Endless Space and... Actually, I've played like a fuck ton of new stuff. I just got X Wings Mini. This is fucking awesome. It's really That's what fun. Everybody has said X Wings Mini. I have managed totally the box. To, to the minis are really nice too. Uh, the all of the expansions that I bought so far into this box <laughs> and this box. Um, I've got the Millennium Falcon hiding in here too, uh, as well as a couple of Tie Fighters and a Y Wing. This is pretty awesome. I also got. Um, King of Tokyo. Yeah, oh, King of God. Tokyo is tons of fun. That is one of those games that's fun even when you lose. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You can't not have a good time playing um, that game. Since I often lose, is a really I good I think thing. I might have won a game, but I'm not really sure, actually. I don't, I don't remember either, but I know <laughs> that I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's kind of like King of the Hill with Yahtzee as the uh, getting there mechanic. Um, <laughs> you play as giant monsters. Pretty to- Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, you cool. roll dice. They've got some numbers on them. If you get three numbers, that'll give you victory points. Being in Tokyo also gives you victory points. You can get hearts on the dice, which will heal you if you're not in Tokyo. The and great, the great thing about the game is that there's this, there's this stack of power ups that get splayed out, and you get this power that you can use to buy them. And so you can customize your character in a way that you never actually have to go into Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you, basically, it lets you pick the objectives that you actually want to get victory points, which is awesome. That kind of customization is awesome. And it changes game by game, because yeah, the whole thing, though you have some choice, is still random. So Will, Yanni, and I all played together, and uh, in the game, Yanni had a pretty much straight-up strategy. Will was the pacifist hoarding um, <laughs> energy, and I was the guy who got victory points for just beating people up. Whether or not I was in Tokyo... <laughs> And it gave us completely different strategies. Will yeah. won. Oh. But I didn't remember. I believe it. <laughs> Same <laughs> thing. Uh, and then I actually got another game at, at Mysticon, which is called Puzzle Puzzle Strike Bag of Chips. <laughs> this is... Was a, it all that in the bag of chips? It, it's pretty awesome. I like it a lot. It is a deck-building game, except it uses poker <coughs> chips instead of cards. So you don't have to shuffle. You just toss all the chips in the bag and pull them out a la Dominion or Ascension or Couriers or any of the other ones. But it is a deck-building game that simulates a puzzle game, which doesn't exist, which simulates a fighting game, which also doesn't exist. That's um, kind of awesome. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Super Puzzle Turbo Fighter. It's like a weird mashup of Bejeweled, Tetris, and Street Fighter, where uh, jewels rain down, and if you combine them in the right colors... Uh, They'll make bigger gems, and then you can drop gems down that'll send the gems over to your opponent, and you've got little, like, Street Fighter characters that'll, like, send Hadoukens at each other and stuff while you're playing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great little two-player versus puzzle game, and this kind of simulates that. Uh, you know, there's different moves, and you can send attacks. And when you break, when you break gems, they, they get sent to the next person, and if you get ten or more gems... Uh, 
during your turn, you lose. There was a versus Tetris game a long time ago that had a similar mechanic that I really enjoyed. It seems yeah. like a very similar Battle game. Tetris, I think they call I've, it. I've played yeah. a similar one on, on the Facebooks. And, um, yeah, you know, you, you drop drop a four line and you'll send a whole bunch of crap blocks over to your opponent. And, you know, it's not really that much different, except instead of lines, you're matching gems. Yeah. A the Dr. Mario or, or Bejeweled or whatever. And there are a whole bunch of different little characters you can play as, and each one really does feel different and separate. So that is actually the biggest thing that's different from most um, deck-building games. Is most deck-building games, everyone starts out as exactly the same. Mm-hmm. This one, you get six $1 and a gem crash, which is the thing that lets you send your the gems from your gem pile to other people, and then you get three character tokens, which... Do various different things. What else has been played this week? Well, so I'm at that part in Lost Odyssey that it happens in all JRPGs where the Death Star is hovering over the planet and I get to go do all the side quests because I now have the ship that takes me almost everywhere. Mm. Oh, I know that part in every JRPG. <laughs> every JRPG. I'm, I'm still loving the game, though. It's a lot of fun. And I really like the fact that now there's wikis for every game. Like, you used to have to do game fast and port through a whole bunch of plain text that was badly <coughs> formatted, and now... If you need something, I can look it up on my phone as I'm playing. And it used to be before I would always either play the game through without like any hint guides or anything like that and just deal with it, you know, and just be like, I'm going to experience this game the way the makers intended and then go back through and do the completest thing. But the fact is, now I can just choose, hey, I'm just look up, oh, what side quests are available now? All right, well, maybe I'll do that, maybe I won't do that. And then I don't feel bad if I don't know I'll have to play the game once, which with these games can... Cut down on the number of hours you spend playing a video game. You just play the ones that you think are going to be fun. Going to be fun, yeah. And and a lot of the times it's like I'll go through the high end content until it becomes tedious, and then yeah. So the other thing I did is I just got Megway Baker's Siren, which I'll be running at the game store on Sunday night. It's going mm-hmm. to be a lot of fun, and so people should come to Fun and Games. This you know months ago when this is posted. Get <laughs> <laughs> um, time machines working. <laughs> but uh, tell people about it. it. It's a it's a real fun game. I've listened to. I forget whether it was Walking Iron Gencast had an actual play, but it's the only one I've ever heard. And it's your amnesiacs with psychic powers. Each of you has one unique psychic power that you can do. Like, uh, and um, you're trying to figure out who you are before they catch you. <laughs> I like they. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And so the cool thing about it is, like, you have all these questions about your character, but you actually can't answer them. Other people as part of the dice mechanics. Well, you can sometimes if you roll really high and decide to spend it on that. But mostly it's other people are going to be answering these questions. So other people are going to be helping you discover who your character is. So it is this really good story element goes along with it. I hope it's as fun as I think it's going to be. It sounds neat. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about Vesnathaw was the other people drawing parts of your robot. Um, <laughs> like... I wish I had missed this. That makes me sad. I'll put up. I'll put up the. I'll put up the. I, I will put up the AP eventually. Easily, the most fun part was drawing the robots. Yeah, the game itself dragged a little. The mechanics made for a longer game than it should have been yeah. by about yeah. a factor of two. <laughs> that could be fixed. You're making pretty easily. Me a little yeah. nervous, Caitlin. That is the danger share. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you can go for it. Just I uh, want to be undead. <laughs> <laughs> Me. She's yeah, a character. Like you, you die, you just come back in a few yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> you have to go. Guys, have you seen my dead cheekbones? My my ghoul. Yeah, Caitlin did yeah. a very good job. I actually, I actually 
did oh, nice. subtle stuff today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. Make you look a little more. Yeah, it's some pretty awesome. subtle stuff as well. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, look at Will. Your eyeshadow is very subtle. Yeah. 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 Will is talented. Yeah. With his, he knows how to make men go crazy. Yep. That's what the, the men like. Just glob it on. Glob it on. Glob it on. So, what else have people been doing with their time? Duncan. I beat Pokemon Black 2. Sweet. That's yeah. racist. <laughs> Maybe. Why but it wasn't at the time. I caught all the legendary Pokemon. It was pretty great. It was actually a lot of fun. Like, the game was pretty good. I heard that the story is the first continuous story from one Pokemon game to the other one. Is yeah, and it's it's really a little weird because they keep saying, like, Hey, this hero two years ago did something, something, something. And... <laughs> You can actually like that sync it. Me. You can sync it with your old game, but that would have been really awkward because I named my character Duncan and I named my character in my old game Duncan, and so they would have been like, "Hey, Duncan, this kid named Duncan two years ago." <laughs> That's I don't know. So you don't get yeah. to play as the same guy. No, no, you play as a new guy. But there was this touching moment when I walked all the way across the continent mm-hmm. and walked to the house of the guy from the first game and I walked in the front door and his mother was like oh hi honey welcome home and I was like what and then she turned around and was like oh I'm sorry I thought you were someone else see my child's been gone so long on their adventure and I was like <laughs> she's guilt tripping you <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. He doesn't call, he doesn't write. <laughs> exactly. And you know, like the, the protagonist from the first game just just like caught whichever legendary Pokemon they got and then I guess skipped town. Whatever, right? You never see him or anything. Did. Yeah. He left his mother there to just be husbandless and Well she's she's moment. fortunate. It, most uh, RPG main characters, their parents die at some point, so she's or are already dead. Yeah. Or are already dead. <laughs> In a cutscene, is some point. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I haven't really been playing other games though. Yeah, I've just been doing homework. Who has time for that? Zombies. <laughs> played darts. Darts are good. Darts, yeah, darts was exciting. I actually got uh, Patrick some heavy darts for his birthday, but I ended up doing better with them, and because he's a softy, he let me use them. And so, yeah, that was really fun. I like really heavy darts. Like, yeah, I thought those were pretty nice. Really like, nice. I used them a bit, too. Yeah. I used yeah. to enjoy a really heavy pool cue. Mm. Back when my strategy was hit the ball as hard as I could. <laughs> you, it's, it's remarkable how well that works in bar pool. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if the table isn't particularly even. Mm. <laughs> yeah. like the more the balls move, the more likely they are to go into a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work when you're trying to get the eight ball in. You're off to the wrong ball. <laughs> or the wrong pocket, for that matter. Oh, see, that's why you don't call the pocket. Oh, no, you, you gotta call the pocket. It's not cool no. if you don't call the pocket. It's too hard if you call the pocket. I <laughs> <laughs> managed to get pretty good at pool. That one month that I During went to the bar every night, youth. including Sundays. We, we did that was grad too, school. Too, uh, nice. It was after a particularly bad breakup. I didn't uh, drink a whole lot, but I was definitely there every night playing pool. <laughs> I understand. And I had one of the most fun I've had in a while playing Warhammer. Warhammer is a game that I play frequently but don't always enjoy, which is strange because I spent a lot of money on it. But I had the most fun I've ever had in a game of Warhammer very recently. I was playing a thing where I've been calling it Warhammer Fight Club, and we all bring one 
miniature that's a character from whatever army book you want, and it's a multiplayer game, and it's just this one big coliseum, and I just really enjoyed that. I'm gonna gonna try to have that happen every week, and maybe be an intro game for Warhammer itself, because what I can do is say, anyone can come. I've got pre-gens, just come here and have fun. So you're, you're only bringing a single model between you, you But it has no point limit. So you can bring us, so everyone's bringing... You could bring the nastiest, most powerful thing you could bring, but it's... But cap- you've got EDH balancing. Yeah. If there's three people, the two weaker people... They're well, team, team, team up on the guy. The big, big yeah. scary guy. Yeah, that's kind of... But that's neat. breaking the rules of Fight Club. <laughs> that's nah. one... You're breaking the rules of Fight Club. You're talking about Fight Club. Yeah, the Warhammer Fight Club is a little different. It's multiplayer, so everyone's in this big arena, and ideally we'd have like ten people all at once. And so the weaker guys, people don't even bother Mm. to go for, which is good for the weaker guys. Maybe we'll see whether they can get some multiplayer balancing going in there. It's not. Do the overrun rules still apply? Uh, we've never had it go that far. Okay. Um, you you do have yeah. All the regular rules of Warhammer apply. Okay. So is in this, no, this so what far, they call yes. it when you defeat a unit and they panic and you yeah. run away and you crush them mm-hmm. utterly yeah. and they basically one hit yeah. them. Yeah. But well, when you when you catch somebody when they flee in the Warhammer in in, in the Warhammer gladiatorial combat rules, don't you? You actually kill them. Now. Get out some more. No, no, you kill them now. Oh, really? I thought Blake had written it so that you. I, I think it's better this way actually because it it allows more strategies to exist. Because you could bring in, if you really wanted to, a battle standard bearer keyed for not getting killed, and because he's got a standard, and that's bonus to your combat res, you can outscare your opponent rather than fight them. <laughs> Woo! Like I got a standard, you better watch out. Look at this banner; it's huge. You don't even know what I'm going to do with this thing. <laughs> uh, everyone sounds like everyone's doing all this gaming. I haven't really had any time to game. This isn't really a game, but I've been photoshopping pictures of CM Punk looking unimpressed at various um, <clears throat> happenings from American history over the last you know three hundred years or so. Nice. That's, That's what like I've been doing. This is like, like a meme, like 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 a like a combo right there. Yeah. You get the, what's your name? The the Olympic. Uh, Michaela. Michaela. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think shooting can kind of be. Good. Got some. Yeah. Got some Louisiana yeah. purchase in there. And then just kind of <laughs> flooding <laughs> imager user submitted with is he, that. Is like, my game. At, uh, Thomas Jefferson being like, "You sold out. <laughs> you are an anti-federalist." Most of it is George Washington right now. I'm obviously not impressed with George Washington. You shouldn't be. He's a punk. See a punk crossing the Potomac. <laughs> so why is CM Punk not impressed with things? <clears throat> because that actually somehow became a meme. Like, oh really? Yeah. Hey, so he just has he... really good facial expressions. He you, is the best. You posted in the, the thing the other day or today maybe where he picked up that kid's His birthday, birthday sign, sign and threw it on the ground. It's why did he do that? Because he's the, he's a heel and he's a he has a, he's very good sensitive oh, okay. to to. Situations that will piss people off. So what he did is... Okay, so he, he was, just looked for the best way to troll the audience and then did he it. He was like, yeah. oh my god! Birthday sign, birthday yes! Sign. <laughs> okay. And you know what? That kid gets to say CM Punk destroyed my birthday poster. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't imagine he felt too bad. Kid's gonna be a CM Punk fan forever. Yeah. <laughs> did I ever tell you about the time yeah. CM Punk destroyed my birthday sign? Yes, Man. Ted. I mean, like, You're this 30. guy, this guy got fixed to like write him death threats over his fake cult that he created. <laughs> Man, beautiful. But that's what I've been doing. 
You played some Tory Bash. Yeah, I played a little Tory Bash. Yeah. It's a weird game. What is that one? Is that the that's the one where you have <laughs> joints? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quap, but but for fighting. It's quap, but for every joint in your entire body. Yeah. What's quap? Is it octave? You missed quap. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we shall have to revisit was, quap, perhaps after uh, this session. <laughs> yeah, we might have to redo that one. Q U O P. I remembered I'm playing in a whole other role playing campaign. What's that? Oh, I'm playing in an Iron Kingdoms campaign. Ooh. It's. How many people do you guys Rolsey. have? Uh, five and a DM. Yeah. So what's Iron Kingdoms? Fill me in. Uh, it is a like magic steampunk uh, role playing setting. What is uh, this? Iron Kingdoms. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it it started off. Well, actually, I don't know what it started off as. But anyways, think like Dungeons and Dragons fantasy. Yeah. And it's then add monocles like. And- Zeppelins and dragons. They probably have Zeppelins. They, the main Maybe thing they have Zeppelins. is they have uh, things called Warjacks, mm-hmm. which are like 10 foot tall steam powered robots with steam magic and magic. Cortexes. Yeah, yeah magic. they have magic cortexes that warcasters use to control oh, them. Right. What, is, okay. what is the name so, of the evil coal that the Cricks use? Oh man, I don't know. I played. Does evil coal? Does I they just use souls? They use soul matter, which is condensed into they, something. They, they like harvest coal from below battlefields where there are big massacres because it absorbs like the the evil energy of the, all the dead people or something, and they use uh, that to power their bone jacks. Why aren't we doing that in the war? <laughs> Because we don't have a Skullosphere like I, Warhammer does. It had some, like, good, resonant-sounding name. I don't remember what it was. Uh, In our last session, we, we had to go collect some wizard coal. It was pretty funny. Because I think Conrad just read it out of the, like, DMG type thing. He's Con- like, and some wizard coal. Right, tell me you guys aren't having to grind in this campaign. We're not really having to grind. There is one, like, major problem, though. So one of the guys in the campaign is a Warcaster. And, you know, most of what they might want to do is control Warjack. No, it's Burkhan. Oh, okay. But, uh... Not better. But anyways, so, you know, you think, I'm a Warcaster. I should probably have a Warjack. And you can have a Warjack. I have a Warjack. I'm a field mechanic. And... You just have one. But you can't share a Warjack. It's, like, no. No can do. No jacks for sure. Never, never sharing jacks. Like, Warcasters cannot cast buff spells on jacks that... Other people are not excluded from using. So we want to get him a Warjack. And because of the way the economy works, Warjacks are like a bajillion gold. And we're level one characters. So we decided that, like, we'd just steal a Warjack from some criminals. That was... So now we're on a quest to steal a Warjack from some criminals so that all the characters can function in this hack-and-slash-RPG. Why is there always a crime wave whenever you're involved in a... I'll admit it was my fault. <laughs> well, you know, we, we Crime I feel like we spend like an hour of every session bemoaning and planning on how we're going to like save up and buy this warjack and stuff. Because you also you're like punished for not having a really ridiculously expensive cortex for your warjack at level one. Well, you know what? What Conrad should do is he should give you a warjack at like ridiculous value, and then there's something wrong with it. And maybe that's even a hook. And you owe people. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. We're gonna steal one though. 
from some criminals. This is the difference, <laughs> I think, be between a lot of the like old school RPGs is that you spend a lot of time sitting around figuring out how you're going to solve some problem instead of just role playing. Yeah, I kind of wish that this did not have that particular issue. Because, like, you can start off, you can be a Warcaster field mechanic, and... So how did you start with a jack and... and I'm a field mechanic. You just start with one list? I am a, I am a thief field mechanic. That's it's, it's in character generation, this guy who kind of needs a jack gets one, but the guy who certainly needs one doesn't? Well, the Warcaster actually does a bunch of non-jack-related things. It's In fact, they're probably balanced without a jack. It's mm-hmm. just that... You Did play you a warcaster. You better. play a warcaster yeah. because you want a jack. That's yeah. that's why. But you don't get a jack for being a warcaster. You get a like ask your party members for a couple thousand gold so that you can buy a jack, and a couple thousand more gold so that you can buy a cortex. And you better do it soon because if you gain your twenty fifth XP without having a cortex yet, then you've wasted your one chance. What, what do you mean? Like when you gain XP cortexes to which you are bonded, gain. Oh, so it just things. means you're behind forever so, at that point. Yeah, it means you can never I catch up. Yeah, it's it's just kind of like that. That's yeah, because yeah, you're right. Then they punish you, so you have to do everything you can to scramble to get one of these things. Yeah, and that's that's why I ran on <coughs> probably the worst module I have ever run in my life. Uh, and what was the society? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it was just so badly what, written. Was <clears> the module? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I didn't have any really? alternatives. No, I, 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 I have a lot stacked against you already. There. I, I've, I've, I've yeah, run other modules and I've played in some. This is, and I've run stuff for other systems too. This one was just so badly written and so not well put together. Um, the final fight that they did, which they, there's still more to do, and they ended up failing the thing. But they came up to a merchant, and they had two options. They could either tell him exactly the truth, or they could make a bluff check. Well, of course if, they bluffed, right? If they because they're D and D players. Well, here's the thing: there is only an outcome if they failed the bluff check. <clears throat> so there was no other outcomes written. Oh, you mean like so? If they just told him the truth. Then nothing happens. Or if they, they succeed, didn't say what happened. Oh, um, what? what? Yeah, that, that's what? it was dumb. But <laughs> so they so they only assumed correctly that they would attempt a bluff check and, and failed. Fail. Right. <laughs> well, that isn't in. That, that certainly is the most likely. Know your outcome. audience, so, right? Yeah. So then, then, of course, it's, it's a little bit more complicated. That they were in the secure market, which is an area where they had to divest themselves of weapons first, unless they tried to sneak them in past the guards. Which, which they course, did. Which they did. No. no, only one guy did, only the thief, and it was a, like, switchblade that only did a D3 damage. Uh, so they what? had no weapons. There's also an anti-magic field around it, so the summoner was hosed. Uh, Good, because it's a secure market. <laughs> yeah. But the guards and the merchant were allowed to have weapons. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, not for, like, They've got to have a monopoly on violence, man. Because as soon as they failed a bluff check... The merchant attacks. Why? Because that's what the module says. Because it's a bad module. Because this was a terrible module. <laughs> so it's a module in Skyrim. <laughs> no, no, Skyrim's better put together. Uh, apparently, not uh, nearly as buggy. From from other <laughs> other DMs, I, this is like possibly the created <coughs> Pathfinder Society scenario ever. So I don't feel entirely bad, but. Uh, <clears throat> 
Did your players the enjoy that, it? The first half, before we got to the part that was badly written. Mm. The thing that drives me up a damn wall is there are, are really good ways to do stuff in RPGs, and it seems like there's a the, there's like there's like the indie RPGs over here, and they're constantly trying to innovate and find better ways to do things. And then there's like the ossified old school traditional RPGs over here, and these people over here are like decades ahead. And these people over here could really benefit, even if they weren't going to change their game systems, just in the way they like give DM advice and mm-hmm. you know design modules and things like that from all the stuff over here. And either they're just not aware of it. I think they're terrified of doing what 4th edition D&D did, which was change something, making all players of it flee for their lives to the same thing but they've been always doing. 4th edition was the only good edition of D&D. I certainly liked it a lot better. Yeah, but, uh, I mean... First one, I'm fully bought Caitlin. into since D&D. As gamers, not just as, like, you know... You know, RPG gamers, but also just like you know, think video gamers and all kinds of gamers, and then comic book fans. You know, as a demographic, we are some of the most entitled whiny bitches that exist. That's true. Not and me. Vote with our when, dollars, except when we're stealing things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when something changes, you know, we want things to be a certain way, and then when it, you know, doesn't go the way we like, we flip our shit and. You know, it is not a good idea for a big established company to take risks with us. If you are making money, you know, stick with what's getting you things. And and an indie company, you know, it's good that D and D exists. Exist. That's the definition of indie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, well, I mean, an independent much, game designer. Independent yeah. game designers, you know, you know, they're going to by nature be taking risks because that's. But you look at, like, Evil Hat, they've innovated a lot, even within Fate. Like, Dresden Files was really yeah, well put together. Yeah, but look at Fate controls the market share that, like... No, not even a little bit. Yeah. Uh, D&D is... I mean, like, well, it's, 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 comparative. it's also a good intro to other things. It serves its purpose. I don't think it is. I think D&D is... D- D&D, not 4th edition. Although, 4th edition has its own issues. 4th edition is a great gateway, because it's coming from, like, computer games and online games. It's very intuitive. But, like, the Pathfinder... Pathfinder's good. But, like, Pathfinder or what they're trying to do with D&D Next or whatever, I sort of feel like... (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Pathfinder Um, with the design concepts of 4th edition lying underneath it. Hopefully. Maybe. If we're lucky. I've been keeping up with the playtests. Really? And I, like, from a player standpoint, I'm not very happy with it. From a DM standpoint, they're taking all of the, like... DMing good ideas of fourth edition, like makeable black box monsters that are really simple to, yeah. to create. Yeah, yeah, see, that's uh, that is that's really good. Yeah, like, that's that's, okay. that's that's your <laughs> stick. Encounter powers gone. Yeah, uh, but but like I, I like, like encounter fancy powers. casting back. Like, definitely. But, but but here's the thing, like, like D&D spell. teaches you yeah, to play... Characters. D&D does a couple of really bad things. One is it, it tells... It, it teaches you that simulationism is the way, like, old Pathfinder. You have to make rolls for everything. It's super, super crunchy. You have to make 18,000 rolls just to get through a round of combat. You shouldn't give a shit about your NPCs. Exactly. It, yeah, it teaches you to play very defensively. Mm-hmm. And never put yourself out there, because the system does not reward people for taking narrative risks. And it's 
It's just it, it teaches people to play the wrong way, and then they're not going to have fun, or they're going to figure out a way to have fun. But it po- I think it poisons people. Like I would rather take people with a little bit of an acting background and just bring them into this. I, bring them into well, you know, the throw fiasco or but I apocalypse world. That I wouldn't have heard of this if you hadn't already been. Yeah, well, that's I, how I, I really got it. I don't think it's it's D and D's fault though. I think I think it's I think D and D is. Is freaking fantastic for what it is, and I, I think this is a thing that I, I think, like the situation with with video games and major companies and major studios right now, it's a, a similar a for- similar thing is going on where this is a thing where where it's not just you know the company you know it's not a, just the fault of the company it's a shared fault of the demographic in the company where where if we that's absolutely true don't change our you know our attitudes for this we're gonna keep on getting you know the same FPS exactly the same <laughs> close shaven you know, guy with like assault rifle brown palette but this time it's got different guns and different perks yeah <laughs> and we're gonna keep on getting the same stuff that doesn't mean that FPSs are bad no. And it doesn't mean that D and D is bad. I freaking love D and D. Well, see, I, I enjoy. D&D I just as well. am getting sick of. I'm getting sick of shooting twelve year old boys who call me the N word, and I'm sick of <laughs> playing <really>? with. <laughs> of all the words to call you, and it's I'm online. Getting sick of they playing with D and D players who every time I go into an encounter with them, you know, like, kill the NPC I'm trying to get information out of. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Or play a druid all the time, gosh. Maybe maybe D and D is sort of the bait that draws away the people you don't want to play with, so that you can. Maybe (laughs) I don't know. Um, You guys are all familiar with alignments, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Um, At at Mysticon, we had uh, our party was attacked by a group of pirates on the river. They jumped on the ship, made a couple of ineffectual attacks uh, during the surprise round. And then the wizard cast sleep and put four of the six pirates to sleep. And then one of the other players cast daze, knocking the fifth one to, to out of out of combat step. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy ran up, killed the remaining one. So when, then finally it was my turn. I went up, tied up the guy who was dazed, and was like, "Surrender now." Or prepared to fight. No, I was just like, yeah. surrender now. Duh. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I was playing the fighter. We have you. <laughs> You're done. And, we win. and the barbarian was like, okay, I'm going to go and coup de grace one of the guys. The other party members had already started tying up. And I was like, are you evil? I thought ah, evil wasn't allowed in Pathfinder. And because a sleeping bound person killing that, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Unless they're a yeah. goblin. Maybe he was no, role playing. But- He's a barbarian. Maybe he doesn't know better. You know what? So my attitude on alignment has always been that your you should figure out who your character is, and for alignment is is a is is part of the metaphysics of the game. So I decide what my who my character is. I don't decide what my alignment is. My actions determine what my alignment is, and if there are mechanical effects that come out of that, it works that way, not the other way around. I don't say I'm lawful good, therefore I'm not, not going to do this. I say I'm this kind of person. I'm going to play this way, and if that means that I'm neutral good, or if that means that I'm lawful neutral, then so be it. Mm, Daryl Bum's self-perception theory. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> oh, I think I know. That's, that's what that is. And you described like, it. Oh. Yeah, that, that's one of the ways. In, in real human psychology, for many, many, many things we do, 
we we humans seem to ascribe their moral feelings based on their behavior and not based you know it's not the other way around except for yeah. some very specific things where you know it goes the other way but a lot of our things it seems to go we determine our moral we we decide our moral positions based on how we find ourselves behaving instead of <laughs> it was like justification after the fact of but see that's what I'm trying I'm, I'm, I mean I, I, in, the nice thing about role playing is I can play a bad person I can decide that yeah. I'm a person who has these motivations but a bad person might make me a bad person but a bad person isn't always evil but but the problem is you can't yeah, really yeah, do that in D and D. My character in Iron Kingdoms is a bad person. He's my not evil. Character in this game is very likely a bad person who is not evil. <clears throat> but uh, you can't really you can't really do that in D and D. You no. have to have your D and D has a, a role playing game, uh, role playing portion of that tool for as a tutorial in the alignment system. But the, the problem is they never take off the training wheels. No. And, and, and what I would say to my players, because well, I've run 3rd edition. I've run a number of 3rd edition campaigns, which I thought were decent. But what I would say to my players is, don't tell me what your alignment is. If you want to write something down on your character sheet as a personal guide to do whatever you like, do it. I will tell you what your alignment is, and if I feel like your alignment is pissing off your deity of choice, I will let you know. <laughs> so, you don't get to say I'm good. You play. You roleplay. <gasps> <laughs> and then thought. you roleplay until I need to engage the mechanics. <laughs> You've heard this story before. <laughs> Maybe so. And then I engage the mechanics and we find out what happens. I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't mean to like hate on I've I've played and enjoyed a lot of D D. It is it is a good game. Fourth edition is an especially good tactical combat game with some really decent role playing mechanics in it too. Yeah. It's got a lot of room for that. Yeah. I, I think even even you know Great maybe, these scenarios like Pathfinder can be mm-hmm. decent. You know, um, people very often are having a great time, uh, myself included. Sometimes, uh, and unlike some it, people, like I'm not going to judge their fun. Some people will be like, "You're having fun doing dumb things or bad things." Therefore, I think you're a bad person. Or immoral yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We won't name names, but I know somebody who has that attitude about most D&D players. (coughs) And he runs a lot of (laughs) D&D. I I guess... For for me, I just... Yes. Pumpkin. (laughs) I I guess, for me, it's just the same reason, you know, like, I will will bitch about playing D&D and still playing D&D the same way I bitch about playing Call of Duty and still sit playing Call of Duty. (laughs) She still still caps noobs. I, I love it, but that doesn't mean like there aren't. I I wish that the world was magical, and, and I could. You didn't have to play with people you know, who called you. I could something that doesn't apply at all. The racial slurs <laughs> and the rape threats. You know, I I I I'd do that if I could. You know, yeah. but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop playing. It. You just need to be less of a hyperlexic and just ignore it. Or just GTA mute on everybody. Huh? Mute everybody. But but, what? but here's the thing. Right. So a lot of it is type. No. And yeah. also, I have yeah, a reputation on, on uh, Modern Warfare mm-hmm. for being a, thing, a person who will help out jobs So they'll ask me for help. How do I do this? Here, follow me around the map. I'll show you a good sniping spot. I'll show you how to use this, this strategy. This is where you need to look out for a camper. This is where... 
And so a lot of people really appreciate that, and I have a reputation as someone who will help you, and that's very rewarding to me, but it means that, you know, I can't turn off the chat function. That's awesome, though. It's awesome that you do that. So, you know, you were talking about how we like these open things. Now, Saints Row, uh, which... Volition. <laughs> my com- my old company worked on. I worked on Red Faction, but you know we had Saints Row. Saints Row. At least I think it was a two Saints Row two, but it might have been Saints Row. I had a cooperative mode, so you get to play with a buddy. Because the only thing better than running around hitting people with a giant purple dildo is two people <laughs> running around with a giant purple dildo oh hitting God. people. Some of the, the best memories in life. Oh man, <laughs> that, I, was, I was proud to be, I was proud to be associated with the company that built that game. That was that's just everything. You just won more brownie points, Dave. <laughs> hey man, I want it all awesome. back for not being the same. Dave, who worked on uh, Diablo. Diablo. No, I'm not the same Dave Freed who worked on Diablo. That's freaky, by the way. <laughs> speaking, of releasing, speak, speaking of releasing, um, we just released a big software product today. What, what? Nice. And it was so awesome that people bought it before we released it. Nice. nice. They were like, we want this so bad. And I designed it and did most of the work on it. It was pretty awesome. And now they have put me in charge of another project because I think I did a good job. And I'm actually in charge, which is awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. cool. Which means I'm doing a lot of not programming, which is different. Mm-hmm. But uh, people to do programming, yeah, basically, and reviewing their work and co- mm-hmm. collaborating with them, which, to be honest with you, honestly, is a lot more rewarding and definitely helps me pass the day faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, get nearly as bored. Nice. Um, although I'm not programming, so I wish I just had more hours in the day. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Uh, you just stop sleeping. I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> I wish. Every time I was a drug I could take. <laughs> Modafinil. Five hours. Is that the one they were testing on uh, soldiers? What or? about banana dean? You got it. Shut <laughs> up. Banana dean. is. Well. <laughs> it's the fake drug that drug. Ki- that kids are taking from bananas, th- banana and peels, smoking. and smoking. Mm-hmm. Is to the get high gotcha. in. In On urban legends that they used to scare <laughs> suburban moms about their oh, teenagers getting high. Just, like, just gotta watch out for that banana dean. So, oh, 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 oh. It's also so, my verbal tick for the <laughs> <laughs> So so here's the thing. So I listen to so here's a plug. Uh, I listen to um, Cave Comedy Radio Network, which is I listen to about four or five of the podcasts that come out of that. It comes out of the basement of a a comedy club and bar and restaurant that I have been to because I took my wife and sister-in-law to in New York City. It's in Queens, in Long Island City. And they do a number of comedy podcasts basically out of a tiny room in the basement, which I've seen but only glimpses of. And, um, is this the foot fetish one? Yeah, the Pulp Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, the Pulp yeah. No, was the massage. Yeah, the Pulp Fiction, that was, a, that was a Cape Comedy Radio podcast. But there's a different one called Baby Geniuses, which is these two women, one of whom is a comic artist, but she's also really funny, and one of whom is a stand-up comic. And they have guests on, and then they have a fake expert on at the end, which is always hilarious. <laughs> and um, where was I going with this? Ben-Adine. What were we talking about? Benadine. Okay, so um, they they did a the last the most recent episode. They did um, they were talking about like on msn.com. There was like MSN Health. They talked about the ten scary trends that young kids are doing yeah. today because people that go on MSN Health are old people. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so. Um, but, like, some of the things were, like, butt-chugging, which... But, 
<laughs> yeah. It's where you this? put vodka in your, your bubble. <laughs> because you, if you do have alcohol enema, because like like actually one of the, one of the limiting factors to getting drunk is how fast your body can absorb alcohol. But if you butt it's not because your cellulizing are actually quite <laughs> are actually quite um, impermeable to alcohol. Um, so, like taking a single shot off the butt, you, you, you basically enter. <laughs> It, 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 it evidently enters your bloodstream almost instantaneously, which means yeah. you could actually get to the point where you're dying of alcohol poisoning very well, quickly. Especially the the big, the really big danger is that when you uh, have alcohol poisoning uh, and you're you've ingested it, you know, the traditional route, you can vomit you can, it up. Yeah, right. you, you're, yeah, you'll naturally, your body will attempt to vomit. You you won't always mm-hmm. be successful. Um, when you've butt chugged, there's no vomiting mechanism in yeah. your booty. <laughs> <laughs> well, the alcohol's already in your blood. You're, 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 it's too late at that point. I mean, right? You, but you also, could, there's just no it out, but. right. But there's no na- mechanism though to get it out of your blood. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's already right. Right. Um, leeches. Yeah. So I've heard it's yeah, leeches. <laughs> That's why so at every butt chugging party, there are leeches going to work. <laughs> but so anyway, the same there. amount of alcohol that you could safely ingest. Right, right. But anyway, that, so that was one. But this, they, they mentioned another one on this list, which blew my mind, which is eyeball shots, Ew. which uh, leverages the same thing. You take, you take, you open your eyelid, and you no pour one a shot does of vodka this until there. they put it on MSN Health. <laughs> That's the way I don't think they were doing it anyway. For example, there were not reports of gerbiling in emergency rooms until after urban legends of gerbiling became popular. And then guys were like, that sounds like a great idea. I would love to kill a small animal with my butt. Oh man. And I think on that note, we should probably start the games. <laughs> yep, 730. <laughs> yep. This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com. I Podcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.